Uh, Lord, uh, to drink in uh, just your treasures, your inheritance that you have for each one of us today. Uh, Lord God, thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Like Miss Tiny said, Sunshine kept saying, when are you going to have the message out online, Mr. Buddy? So I'm going to tell you, well, why don't we do something special so when we put it out there, so we hear this. So we're just going to say morning sunshine on three. Does that sound good? One, two, three. Morning sunshine. There you go. So we're thinking about her and many others as we, uh, we spend time together today in God's Word. So I don't know. Everybody had a good week, right? Amen. Sometimes we have some challenging weeks, right? But you know what? In the midst of that, we're going to hold close to what God's doing. Amen. You know, last week we had a really amazing time. We had, I think it was like 67 folks out there, 58, 59 folks in here. So that's like, uh, I got to take my shoes off, but that's over 100 people, right, for two services, you know? So that's, that's awesome. But, you know, like Tanya said, it's not always what you see because I know there's lives being impacted even through, you know, the podcast and things like that and through you guys inviting people. So we want to say thank you very much. You know, the Bible tracts that we give out to everybody each week, you know, and we try to mix them up. I got a bunch of different ones and uh, I'll, I'll make sure we get those. But you know what? That, God's word doesn't have an expiration date on it, does it? It's good all the time. It's just as active and as live as when it was spoken, and it transforms lives, amen? And that's what we want to be sharing about today. The title of our message, like Tanya said, is Reclaim Your Inheritance, and we're going to pick through a few things. Like I said, just a little sneak peek of some of the things we've been working on on Tuesday nights. Um, so we're going to be kind of working on some of those things. But as we think about last week and bring it into everyday life, last week when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it's about everything we believe. If he wasn't risen, we're still dead in our sin. But thank God, what? He is risen. Amen. He is risen indeed. So with that, when you think about the, the death of Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, what do you think? What do you think about that? You know, what he purchased for us? And so I want to just kind of break it down. What comes to mind first? Well, the first thing I usually think of, salvation. I'm not going to hell because what Jesus did, and I put my faith and trust in him. That's good. That's real good. But what I want us to realize that, you know what, it's, it gets even better because he's got all types of things coupled to that. Amen. And that's what we're going to see today as we start working through the message that God has got so much more. Now, let me tell you, just spending eternity with, with God Almighty is a pretty big deal, isn't it? Amen. That's absolutely awesome. And that is all absolutely true. And it's absolutely the finished work of who? Jesus. Amen. But also, he gives us amazing inheritance right here, right now. Let me hear you say right here, right now. So we're going to take something away with this, right? So everybody got one of our handouts. That thing ought to be full, man, when we leave here. Because I want you guys to just write down what God's showing you. So you can put it on your refrigerator, put it on the back of your bathroom door, whatever, so you can be reminded of who you are in Christ. I want you to see what's going on there. So, but many times what happens is when we leave here, we start to lose sight of all the other things we've got in Christ, don't we? We really do. Because the volume of the world starts getting louder and louder. Things are happening. We get doctor reports. We get things that we wish that, you know, didn't show up at our house and, and, and on our watch. But the truth of the matter is we're in this journey and we're in this journey together and we're in this journey with Jesus Christ. Amen. So he's going to see us through to the other side. And it does get bumpy sometimes and it does get our boat gets tossed from time to time. But I want to encourage you today by looking at what we have in our inheritance to keep on paddling, keep on walking, keep on seeking. Amen. So as we know, God's got an awesome plan for our life. Amen. Now let's talk about this. Somebody else got a plan for our life too, the enemy. And he wants to blind us to what's rightfully ours in Christ. I want you to listen close today because that's, that's his whole thing. See, God's got that great plan for our life and so does the enemy. And what he wants to do, the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. He wants to steal your joy. That ever happened to anybody? 
He wants to kill your dreams and he wants to destroy your relationships. I tell my kids all the time, I say, guys, the, the enemy's not out here just to bruise you. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And I say that, and I always couple it with this statement here. I don't tell you this to scare you. I tell this to, so you can be aware. See, if we know what's coming down the pipe, we know how to put on that full armor of God. Amen. We know how to defend ourselves when we get that attack because God has already went for us. But see, when we commit our life to Jesus Christ, all that comes to us in that inheritance is being a child and daughter, you know, a son and daughter of the king, most high king. And so we sometimes we just leave a lot on the table, don't we? We don't realize what that is sometimes. So what I want to do is look through some of the promises and talk about that today. And remember that, you know, Satan tries to cover up the evidence of your great inheritance. He, try, he, don't, you know, he don't want you to get a hold of that Bible. You know? He doesn't want you to get a hold of that. I encourage you every week to bring your Bible. I encourage you to every day to read it. I don't care how much, how little, whatever. Take some time and guard your God time. You know, some people when they're driving to work, they say, I, I put in some prayer time there. But, you know, we want to start our day with God, spend our day with God, and end our day with God. Now, that doesn't mean you just put a wall around you and nobody else matters. But in the midst of that, can we think about what God's done for us? In the midst of that, can we hold on to those promises? And that's what we're talking about when our life is, is being transformed by the love of Christ. Amen. So we are complete in Christ. We are lacking nothing. And the evidence of your great value is already complete in Christ. Now, you should have up on the top of your uh, handout our main scripture here. And I should have it coming up here. And I want to read that Colossians 2, 9 and 10. It says, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in a bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. His fullness, our fullness, right? He is the head over every power and authority. You know when you're looking for a job or when you want to be on a team or anything like that? It's good to have a connection, isn't it? Good to have an end. Well, let me tell you, through Jesus Christ, we're connected to our Heavenly Father. We're connected to that inheritance. But see, the enemy wants to keep you like this. He wants to give you what I always say each week. Yeah, but. Yeah, but you don't know what I've been through. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done. You don't this, this, this. God says, I know everything about you, every hair on your head, all the situations, even what's going to happen next week. And he says, I love you, and I came and paid the price for you. Amen. That's something to get excited about. So with that being said, let's jump on in and see what the Lord is going to show us today. Amen. Let me get these IQ boosters on. Yeah, he looks smart now. now. All right. First thing we got is God loves us. And I, I got some scripture here I want to read, and then we're going to break it down, Okay. <coughs> Here we go. And this is Ephesians 2, 4 through 7, if you want to write that down and come back and look at it. And it says, but because of God, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, dead in our sin. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And that's quite a piece to digest, isn't it? Y'all can, y'all can tell when, I, when I'm going back through here what the Lord showed me while I put the yellow. That means caution, grab hold of it, right? So what I want to do now is, when I was thinking about this last night, everywhere it says us, uh, let's go ahead and put I or we or me. So if you reread that, I want to insert us in the story, amen? So if you look at this, it says, because of his great love for me, See, we've got to make it personal. We've got to make that personal. God, who is rich in his mercy, made me alive, amen, with Christ, even when I was dead in my sin or transgressions. 
It is by grace I have been saved. And God raised me up with Christ and seated me with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to me in Jesus. Now see, when you start looking at it like that, you say, wow, that makes you feel a little good, don't it? Start pulling those bricks off your back. But see, that's what it is. It's not a spectator sport in, in the life of Jesus. I mean, you know, you can't sit on the sidelines and just be a spectator. You've got to roll up our sleeves of faith, right? We've got to talk God's word. We've got to believe God's word and keep on trucking. Amen. Well, I want to pull out a few things that I got on the sheet here. Now, the first thing I start looking at is it is because of his great mercy we are made, made alive. Even when we were dead in transgressions, dead in sin, I even put guilty, red-handed. It's because of his love and his mercy. See, if we start thinking like the Lord wants us to think, it's about him instead of about us, it takes all the pressure off. It's not about you measuring up because on our own we don't measure up, but in Christ we measure up just fine. Amen? So that's what I want us to see. It was why? Because of his great mercy. Man, God's mercy is amazing. His grace is amazing. And sometimes I think we just walk over that and we do what I say each week. Yeah, but... Yeah, but and we start when we do that, you know what happens is we start speaking doubt instead of faith. And when we start doing, we start trampling the blood of Christ. We start going, well, yeah, I know, but still, I don't know because I, don't, I just don't measure. Wait a minute. That's not what he said. He said it's because of his great love and his mercy that we're alive in him. See, I want us to know, I want us, as we're here today, sometimes, man, we're just wore out by the end of the week. We're here on Sunday, so, okay, I'm going to go ahead and go. And we leave here, and then what do we start thinking about we start thinking about that alarm clock coming off on Monday morning, don't we? Right? Everybody but my father-in-law, he says, you know, sometimes I get home, he goes, oh, I just woke up. Teasing me. But you know what? He's going to minute. And he did, but he just tells me that. I said, what have you been doing today, granddaddy? He goes, oh, I just got up, man. <laughs> I remember that. I do know this. When I, if I ever get to the time where I can retire, the only thing I want for a retirement gift is a sledgehammer because that's what I'm going to take to that alarm clock, baby. That's it. <laughs> Boom. But, you know, a lot of times we start getting worried and, and anxious about things that are coming. I think it's great to be prepared. But you know what? A lot of the things that we worry about don't even come about, does it? So many things don't. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Well, let's keep on rolling. Now, see, look at this. I said, even, even God's love, what did I put in here? Even that didn't keep God's love away from us. Even our transgressions, all these different things. That wasn't where God said, well, oh, man, you guys messed up too bad. He knew from the very beginning he was going to come back and rescue us, amen? But we need to grab hold of that by faith. It's because of what he did, he did. And I put it this way, I said, his love trumps our sin. Isn't that something? You ever play some cards like a war or a fish or whatever, when you get that last card, you know, you just start getting up on the table and you just, boom, throw it down because you know you won, right? See, that's what Jesus did. When he rose, boom, it is finished. Victorious in Jesus. Who are we talking about? Who's it all about? It's about him. So, uh, you know, God's love is greater than our sin. I want you to write that down. God's love is greater than our sin. See, and when we realize that, that doesn't mean we're going to live any way we want. That's not what I'm saying. We should be so captivated by the love of Christ that we want to do right. Amen? And also, we should be so aware of God's love. When we do miss the mark, we know we can come back. Because he loves us, amen. That's that forgiveness. That's that grace. I love it. That's that great mercy he's talking about. So I want you to take that home with you. It will transform your life. It will change your desires. It will change your relationships. And it will show in your actions 
in your words. Amen. It's something about that. Isn't there something? You remember that first love? Everybody, do you need the music in the background? I always talk about it. Coming up, you know, I got an anniversary coming up here in, in, uh, on the 12th. I don't know how many more days that is, right? But on the 12th. I know it's on the 12th. And I was thinking back, and we spent a lot of time together this week, and I was thinking, I used to be Mr. Wonderful. What happened? You know? And then, so I go from Mr. Wonderful with a cape on to Captain Pitiful, right? All, I was like, how did that happen? You know? But you know what? All of that happens sometimes in our relationships, right? Because we get what? We get complacent with one another. But sometimes, <laughs> all the guys are just going, I didn't say that, baby. He did. <laughs> I didn't. He said that. I didn't. But you know, it is sometimes. But I'm just telling you the truth, right? Because sometimes it's just like, wow, how did we get here from there? Because you know, a lot of times we get complacent. The same thing happens with our relationship with Christ if we're not feeding on that. And so that shows me how much more that I really need to be spending time in relationships. Relationships take time, don't we? And we want to make sure that we're letting people know that we care about them. And you know what? I've learned after being married this long is, you know, uh, official argument is not there's too much gravy on the mashed potatoes. That You can let that go. You can let that go. There's a lot of things that you could just let go. I'm talking to me today. And I'm preaching to me. She said, boy, you're right, honey. You're right. But you know what? The reason I just pulled that in is because relationships are about giving and taking and forgiving and loving. Right? All relationships with your children, with your coworkers, with your parents. And so, you know, today I feel like if, if you know, you've hit a bump in the road there, you know what, with family or friends, you know what, today's a great day to put it back together. I want to say something else, too. I mentioned it a little bit last week, but the Lord just brought it back on my heart. Just because you seek forgiveness or give forgiveness, that does not mean that you agree with the, the act or the situation. It means that you agree that you're not going to let that lord over you. Amen? Amen. You're going to give it to God. He's going to take care of it, and we're going to move on. And that ain't even in the notes, amen? Let's keep on rolling. So, this is what we need to do. We need to take a look at reclaiming what the devil has stolen from us. This is what it's all about. So many times he wants to just come in there and just rob us blinded, reclaim our joy, reclaim our dreams, reclaim our health and our peace, because we have that as an inheritance, as a child of God. You know, my dad used to tell me this. He always said, before you buy anything, get a garage full of stuff. You need to check on me first. But we could never probably find it and all that stuff. But he just said, I, I got it back here. Don't spend that money on that. That's 32 cent debt. 32 cent adds up, son. You know? My dad was in, in the depression, man. 32 cent, you just add that up. And boy, I wish I'd have listened to him a lot better early on. But what I'm getting at is so many things that was in his storehouse. He says, he used to tell me this. He says, if I got it, you got it. That's a good feeling, isn't it? If I got it, buddy, you got it. God says, you know what? I got it. You want it? But you've got to receive it by faith. See, that's the amazing thing. God said, it's all mine. I'm not short on resources. You know, nobody's going to come knocking on the door in 30 days and, and take your blessing back. I'm more than enough. And I bought it for you. Let's walk in that inheritance. See, I, I hope today that you guys just feel like the, the word of the Lord is just pulling bricks off your back. Because you know what? We don't have to live under that stress. We need to live in the fullness of the Savior. Amen. That's what I want you to hear today. Okay, now I, I pull all that together and I go down to verse 7. Look at that. Why? In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. He wants to show his riches through you, to you, in you, so you could be, a, be blessed but also be a blessing to others. All right, and he goes on and says, expressed in his kindness 
to us in Christ Jesus. It's always pointing back to Jesus. I'm going to talk about that a lot here. I'm just setting the stage here. So yeah, this is what we see over and over, man. Yes, God loves you. Yes, God loves you individually. And when I wrote this down last night, finishing this up, I thought about five years ago, I don't even know how this guy tracked me down. He's got a radio station in Ohio. And he had heard some of our music. And he got, and he got a hold of me and said, man, I'd like to do an interview on you on the radio. And it's going to be live. And so are you ready? I go, yeah. He said, I'll call you like on Tuesday or whatever. And he's asking how I got saved and different things about the ministry. And this one thing popped out. And he would tell everybody, this was like his little thing. He says, when he would fade off the air, he would always say this. He says, I just want to tell everybody, God loves you. And there's not one thing you can do about it. I was like, what? I thought that was a great thing. What he was saying was this. He loves you even though we sin. He loves us even though we blow it. He was saying this. God's love is unconditional. Amen. Isn't that something? I never heard it put that way, but it just slapped me across the face. He said, you know what? God loves you and there's not one thing you can do about it. Wow. Because what we think we can do about it, look at me. I'm doing everything just so. He'll love me more. Wrong. Because that would be works. I'm sure it delights the Father's heart, right? When we are obedient to what He gives us and entrusted things to us that we, you know, uh, live those out just like us as, as regular uh, natural parents. But you know what? We still love them even when they blow it, amen? We still want them to come back home, right? Everybody with teenagers is going, <laughs> yes, we do. We do. We love them right where they are. Well, let's keep on going. So we're talking about God's unconditional love as part of our inheritance. Well, let's keep on rolling here. God pursues us. And I wrote it this way. I said, we couldn't come to God, so he came to us through Christ. Amen? I don't think I'm just going to pull these out and just jump through them. But we couldn't make a way to him, so he made a way through Christ. See, what I was talking about on the second slide here, second part of that slide is, you know, a lot of times we think we can work our way to heaven, be pretty enough, and all those different things, and all these things impress God. You want to impress God? Trust God. Amen? Just trust him. Just, just trust him for what he said, and watch how God work that out. But what else have we got here? We couldn't restore ourselves, so he made us right through Christ. Mm. See, if we can just get these truths in our heart, it's going to revolutionize how you spend your time, how you spend your money, how you spend uh, your weekend, all these different things. It means this, that God is going to be on the throne of your heart. Amen? That's where he deserves it, right? He gave it all to get there. Well, let's take a look at this. Our inheritance is secure. You ever see some of those movies with all the rich folks in it? Let's just go ahead. You know? And they got, you know, Melvin Jr. the third, such and such, you know. And, and Melvin Jr. the third, he's going to inherit the whole company and everything else. But boy, if you don't, if you're not rocking right, if you don't do it like I want, if you don't marry the girl, that I say, if you, if, 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 you're not going to get anything, you're going to get cut out of the will. That's no way to go. God's not like that. That's how the world does. See? What do you say? Our inheritance is, in, is secure in, in Christ. See, so when people ask me, say, man, what do you think? Would you, you think you'd go to heaven? Absolutely. Well, why? Because you're a preacher? No. Why? Because this, that, I said, because of what Jesus Christ has done. Period. And me putting my faith in the finished work of that cross. You cannot add to it and you cannot subtract from it. That's the deal. But you know what? My, my prayer is that the Lord lets me share that message till he brings me home. Because that is the message. That's the only message. And that's probably why he picked me because I'm kind of one track. 
You know, I'm glad it's one way. It's him. It's all about him. It's always been about him. Well, take a look at this. The best place in the Bible last night when I was looking through finishing up that I could think about God pursuing us is in Luke chapter 15, a little homework this week. And we've, we've preached on some of these, but Luke chapter 15's got three amazing parables that Jesus talks about. And it's one, uh, I'll, I'll break them out, the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the lost son. Amen on the lost son, amen? But think about that. He starts out sharing, he says, which one of you had a hundred sheep and one was gone, right? You'd leave the 99 to go get the one. We got a song called Sheep 100. See, all of us was that Sheep 100, that last sheep. At one time, God said, you know what? I'm going to let you guys stay here because you're worth it. You're worth it. She's worth it. He's worth it, right? And I'm going to go rescue you. He saw something of great value, right? And he also used that story. I thought it was really a beautiful picture about that, the lost sheep. Well, who's our shepherd? Jesus Christ, amen. And then the next one, he rolls on out of there and talks about the lost coin. The lady loses this coin. She looks everywhere, sweeping high and low and everything else. And she finds this coin. What she does? She, she rejoices. She tells everybody around, look, look, I, I found it. I got it back. And then the one that, that always hits close to home is the parable of the lost son, the wayward son. And we know that we see a great picture of God the Father coming to us, pursuing us in that. You know, here we got uh, a guy that says that his son, the youngest son says, hey, give me all my inheritance up front, which is really a slap in the face. He says, give me all my inheritance up front. And the picture of the Father, which is actually a picture of God, says, okay, here you go. And he goes out, and what happens? He spends all the money, wild living, everything else. And it says when he comes to his senses, he's in a, in a, in a hog pen, slopping, slopping hogs, right? Not a place for, for a young Jewish man, right, or anybody. And he's thinking about eating the slop. And all of a sudden he goes, my gosh, what have I done? He said, I'll come back to my father, even in my father's house. He says, even the guys that are working as ranch hands and helpers, are doing better than this. I'll just ask him for forgiveness. And if he takes me back in, as even I'll just say a ranch hand. I watch a lot of Bonanza. Ranch hand. All right. I'll, I'll go back. And he goes. And I love this picture. The Bible talks about it. It says the father was always looking for him. Always looking for him. Woo. God's looking for us to come back home. That story always gets me right here. And he sees him and it says while he was yet a long way off, he runs to him. Now, that was not the custom, uh, the Jewish custom back then. I mean, they were, they were all strict and all tight and tucked in. And they said, man, it's just like he just pulled his, his pants leg up and started running to his son because of that love. He wanted to pursue him with the love, forgiveness, and grace, and mercy. Amen. That's the God we serve. That's the one who loves us. That's the one who says, hey, not only will I meet you halfway, I'll meet you where you are. See, a lot of times in the world, we say, well, I'll meet you halfway, right? He says, I'll meet you where you are. I love you that much. And when he gets there, the son just says, Dad, I blew it. Just take me back. Even if I just work on stuff out here. He says, no, 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 no. He gets a robe for him, that robe of righteousness. He gets a ring for his finger. And they have the best barbecue in town. Amen? They, they, he says, no, no, no. But even in that story, we see a lot of, of maybe ourselves. Because he's got the oldest brother. And when they bring him back in, he says, man, your brother was, was gone. He's back. And he says, you know, we've killed the fatted calf and everything. We're going to celebrate. And what does the other brother do? The other brother says, you never did that for me. I've been here the whole time. And so the father tries to correct his, his thinking and said, but you were here all the time. You were with me all the time. You have everything. He was, he was dead. He was gone. 
But now he's back. See, a lot of times we, we look at everybody else's life and go, well, look what God's doing over there. He didn't do that for me or whatever like that. We miss the story. We miss the story as the younger brother ran off and blew it. That there's redemption, forgiveness, love, and mercy and grace. Welcomes him back. As the older brother hardens his heart, he missed out on what he already had. He missed out on what he already had. And so those three things right there in the story in, in, in Luke uh, 15, I believe it said. Um, yeah. When you get a chance, look back through there. And look at that and just look at that. And I want you to insert yourself in the story. Well, maybe you've run away. Maybe you've blown it. Maybe you've lost something. But you know what? God still says this. You're of great value and I want you. Amen? So I'm going to pick up a little steam here. So what do we do when we come around and, and the devil starts getting on our back about stuff? Man, we were lost. God came looking for us and now we're found. It's time for us to in, inherit that and rejoice in that inheritance. Amen? So, but what happens all the time? When we start to walk in the fullness of God, what happens? The enemy rears his head up. He wants to rob that joy. So I wrote a few things down. I think you guys are going to like this. When the devil accuses us of having done wrong and tells us that we don't deserve God's blessing, I'm going to give you something for that. What should we do? We're to point everything back to Jesus who qualifies us for all of God's blessing. All right? Here we go. Got a lot of writing on there because I couldn't stop. So look at this. So when the devil says, you're not righteous enough, you just look to Jesus and declare, he is my righteousness, amen? When the devil says, you're not holy enough, just look to Jesus and declare, he's my sanctification. He set us apart. He's cleansed us. We're looking good. We're looking good because of what Christ did, amen? When, he, when the devil says, you don't deserve to be healed, just look to Jesus and declare, by his stripes I'm healed, amen? We take his word, we trust his word, and we move forward. When the devil says you don't qualify for a blessing, just look to Jesus and declare, he is my qualification. Jesus qualifies us totally. We don't add to it. Man, I tell you, I love it. I always say this, you know, especially when I go through the drive-thru, I ask people, do they know Jesus? Or if somebody has like, I love that somebody have a necklace on, they got it hanging out here, you know, with the cross on there. I go, well, tell me about that necklace. And they go, oh, somebody gave it to me. You know, I said, well, what does that mean to you? Oh, it's, it's, it's pretty. It's gold. It's this. It's that. I said, well, really, what does it mean to you? And this one girl told me last week, good luck. I said, wow. I didn't, I, I just said, wow. I said, luck doesn't have anything to do with it, sweetie. It's about what Jesus did for you. And then they usually say, oh, yeah, I know, but. No, let me tell you, if somebody asked me about that. I don't have to wear it out here or anything else. That was a gift, and I appreciate that. But what it reminds me of, of the cost of my salvation. It reminds me of what Jesus has done for me. It reminds me that, you know what, no matter how far I drift off, God is still willing to pursue me because he loves me. And you say, man, you talk a lot about you. I've made it personal, have you? Have you made it personal? That's what we need to do, make it personal. Each time, I want you to take this away with you. Each time you point everything back to Jesus, the devil has nothing to say. What's he going to say? He lost. I read the end of the book. God wins. Amen? And we win. And guess what? I'm on team Jesus because of faith in him. That's what it's all about. So what do we say? The devil has nothing to say because Jesus qualifies you for two or three of God's blessings, right? One, point five. No, he said, oh, there you go. I was wondering if we were going to get the all team going in there for all his blessings, man. God is not short in giving. Tanya always says this when she's praying for us. She said, just remember, God's arms are not short in reaching down and blessing his children. 
And I can just picture that. Man, can you just picture God just reaching down and say, I got it. When we're going through that tough time, God said, I'm going to hold you up. He's going to bring people alongside. And sometimes we do walk through some really tough stuff. But as I've talked to families and things going on, even this week and even prior to this, people say, you know, even in the midst of this, God's good. And I go, man, what a testimony when their boat is rocking and they can still see Jesus. I said, man, you guys are encouraging me. How many times you go to be a blessing and guess what happens? You end up being blessed by somebody else. But it's the heart and the motive of those things. Amen. Well, here's something that we need to get a hold on. It's about God's forgiveness. Everybody doing all right? Say amen. amen. Take a look at this. What stops you from experiencing your inheritance? What stops you? A lot of times it may be different for each of us, right? It could be different. So I'm going to throw a few things out. Maybe it's fear. I got a word anchor for you here. The remedy for that, right, is in 1 John 4.18. You guys look that up. I'll read it to you. It says there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. See, a lot of times we haven't allowed God's love to to perfect that in us. We don't trust it fully. But you know what? As we're walking, how many times, how many people have gotten to the point in their life and go, I'm done. I'm taking my hands off the wheel. Lord, you got it. You know, sometimes that's the best place to be. Because guess what? He can do a lot. He can do a lot with a little. Amen. Well, what else keeps us from experiencing some of that inheritance? Sometimes it's our past. We draw that with us. You ever notice that? We'll just bring that along. But the remedy for that is in Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life set you free from the law and sin of death. We've been set free. We've been set free. Now, um, some of you guys and gals were here before when we did a little skit, and Tanya had that bag was representing sin. Y'all remember that? Well, she had, she had a bag with all her troubles. And I was playing a part of Jesus. And I said, I've already taken care of that. You know? And Jesus takes that and says, I've already mailed it to the cross. And she illustrated something that many of us do. She reached back and she says, yeah, I know you did all that, but this is really something bad that I did. And I, 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 you shouldn't have to do that. I'll carry it myself. And we pull out little sins right there and say, you know, yeah, that's, that's still nagging me and that's still bugging me. Today, I'm going to tell you, leave it at the foot of the cross. It's already paid for. And what actually happens when we do that, you know what we're saying? I'm going to be pretty straight with it. We're saying, Lord, I don't trust you for the payment in full. Wow, I'm not saying that. Yeah, we are. We're saying, you know what? I don't trust that you took care of that when we go pick it back up. When I start looking at things that way, I go, Lord, I don't want to pick it back up. I know that you're faithful. Lord, I know that you paid the price. And Lord, I know that you know what I'm going to blow next week and everything else and what's going on. Lord, I'm just asking you, to guide me. Lord, I'm just asking you to forgive me. Lord, I'm just asking you to strengthen me. Amen. And he says, you know what? You have been set free from the law of sin and death. So we need to be alive in Christ. That's what he's done for us. Amen. Let's keep on rolling. How about this? Inadequacy. We just don't measure up. You know, everybody's got a mirror. We just say, oh, we just don't measure up. But you know what? Our scripture that we had today, right off the top of your, your sheet here, tells it all about inadequacy. We do measure up. Colossians 10, uh, 2, 9 and 10 says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in a bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. We can change that and put our insert ourselves in there. It says, and in Christ I have been brought to fullness. Amen. Making it ours. He is the head over every power and every authority. If he's the head over everything and he says, I got you, he's got you. That's the good news. Well, let's take a look at this. 
God declares us worthy and valuable to him despite what we may believe about ourselves. No matter what, it doesn't, just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. The truth is, he says you're worth it, amen? And over and over I go back and say, man, Lord, you're so loving. You're so amazing. You're so forgiving. Man, that's the Lord I want to serve. That's the God I want to share with people. That's the one that I want my family to know about. That's the one I want everybody I come in contact to know about. Because you know what? We need to reclaim what is ours, amen? Reclaim what is yours. I'm going to just hit a few things here. Well, to reclaim what is ours, we must receive his truth. We've got to believe it. Do you believe what his word says, amen? Are we going to take hold of that? We need to know what we have in Christ. We need to know that God says, you know what, you're worth it. And you know what, if you don't know what you have, guess what? You can't claim it, can you? That's why we need to spend time in his word. That's why I want to encourage you to come on Tuesday nights. Because we want to take some time and show you through the word of God what is yours, amen? And what the devil tries to steal and how do we grab hold of that? We grab hold of that by faith. Grab what is yours by faith. Not by performance, not by giving, not by doing, by trusting, amen? By receiving, I love that. And you know what? We worship the Lord for he is good. I love that. You know, when we're praying today and playing, uh, playing the music and stuff, and we start seeing the forgiveness of God and the grace of God and, and, the, and all those things, it makes me just want to grab hold. So, so what I'm saying today, friends, it's all on the table. Don't leave hungry today, amen? Don't leave hungry today. Feed your spirit with the truth of God's favor, His provision, His love and forgiveness. And you know, that's my prayer, just as I was finishing up on this last night, that this message will transform our hearts so that we see ourselves like God sees us. Wouldn't that be amazing? To just get a glimpse of your life through the lens of Jesus Christ, amen. You would be amazed at what he thinks about you, what he says about you. And you say, well, that's hard for me to picture that. Let me help you with that. Look for that cross right there. That's the picture. That's the snapshot. But you know what even gets better? He is risen, amen. And he took all our sin and took care of that so that we would never be lacking, never doubting, and always grateful for the sacrifice of Christ. Always pointing people to Jesus. You know, just like we said, when the devil tries to jump on your back, just point him back to Jesus. Oh yeah, but you don't measure up. Well, God says I do. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue about that. Well, you know what? You just can't do this because you did that. God said I'm forgiven. It doesn't mean you live any way you want. It means you choose to live for Christ. Amen. And even with that, he gives us his spirit to help us along each and every day. But you know what? The first step Receiving Jesus. Trusting Him for your Lord and Savior. Amen. So if you're here today and you've never done that, you might have been listening to, to messages for 30 years. You say, well, yeah, I go to church and I do this and, and, and I believe, but you know what? I don't think but I've ever asked the Lord personally to come into my life and forgive me. Well, today's your day. You're not here by mistake. You've got that opportunity. And we're just going to keep it real life. If that's your prayer today, you just say, Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. Today, Lord, I'm trusting in you for the total package of what you've done. Amen. If that's your prayer, don't leave here today and say, you know, Pastor, but I prayed that prayer today. Thank you for pointing that out. You know what? Don't thank me. Thank Jesus. Thank Jesus for what he's done. And if you're here today and you say, man, I tell you what, buddy, it's been one crazy week. You might even say, man, it's been one crazy life. God says, you know what? Today's a great day to start up. It's a new day. It's a fresh day. And it's because of his great mercy and grace that we can say, Lord, overs, help. Help me, Lord, today to live for you. Amen.
want to pray for us before we go. I ask you to open your hearts, bow your head, and close your eyes. Father, I pray today, as we studied the inheritance that we have in you, Lord, that everybody just said, you know what, I'm going to claim that, Lord. I'm not going to walk away from what you did for me. It costs way too much. I see, Lord, that I can, I can see that I'm the one that you did that for and make it personal. So if you're here today, like I said, and that's your prayer, to call on the name of Jesus. Don't leave here today without doing it. Ask him in your life. I promise you, you'll never look back and think that's a bad deal. It is the greatest gift ever given. And along with that, he wants you to experience the fullness of that salvation in all you do. In Jesus' mighty name. Give the Lord a hand clap. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So we're going to keep more chairs in for Tuesday night, right? Amen. <laughs> well, you know what? I pray today as we go through uh, throughout the week as well. I want you to think about this. There's a lot of folks in your church family that's got a lot of stuff going on. Keep them lifted up. Keep your ears open. And, um, you know, that we can be a blessing to them. Um, I want you to think about this week that about your inheritance in Christ. I want you to realize that what God's done for you and make it personal. And I want you to see how the love of God Stops at nothing to rescue his children. Amen. I'll stand and we'll send you out with a song. Amen.